When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, everyone. It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 70 for Tuesday, Rocktober 1st, 2019. I am Steve Witchell back in New Orleans. Tony V, still here in New Jersey. <laughs> yes. All What's right. Up? Oh, man. So much going on. We are going to announce for this podcast, we are going to announce the winners of the Reverend guitar contest giveaway we're giving away pickups guitar pickups as the runner-up prize and a brand new guitar Kyle shut series guitar uh for the grand prize and we will be announcing the winner during this show how exciting is that oh uh, dude it's serious that guitar is, is a piece of art oh it's beautiful Guys, artist. you know it's beautiful yes they put so much care into the creation of this and uh we are excited to have this affiliation with Reverend and to be gracing someone with a brand new gitter. But just so they understand, Steve, right? Yes. Reverend is, you know, it's not like a boutique brand. It's a very custom, um, you know, right down to the windings of the pickups, like the, the technology and the scientific approach, you know, that they take to making the guitars like that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really unique and it's, it's a much different, product then you're going to get you know from a mainstream guitar company agreed when when people make things by hand and put care into it and stuff that it really makes a difference me thinks um when you uh, absolutely you know because a, a guitar is really alive a it's a it's a it's a it's a living entity that is come that has come from living things like trees um and it it uh, it makes a difference, you know. It's alive, you know, and you you put energy into it, and it gives you energy back, and um, it's a beautiful thing. But we don't need to sell the guitar now because the contest is over. That's it. If you're not in now, you're not in. So, hopefully you're in. No, understood. It is it, the contest is over. Hopefully you're in, and hopefully you are the winner. And Chunk is here, and he says he screams, "Hola, boys." Chunk, how's the audio on your end? Because the audio sounds really good for us, and I've been having audio issues all the time, but Chunk, let me know how it sounds over there, up there in Michigan. Um, so, a lot going on, too, besides that, but we, we'll get to the, the contest winner, but we have a, a bunch of other things to talk about. For one, I, I had my Jersey trip last week. We didn't do a podcast last week. We tried, but we had uh, Skype issues, and Chunk said the audio sounds great, which is so cool to hear. Oh, yeah, finally, finally. <laughs> episode 70. It only took 70 episodes. <laughs> it took 70 episodes. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, we had technical issues last week, and we tried and tried, man, to get it going, and 
sometimes it's just Skype that gives us issues and uh, I don't know what else because I didn't change a damn thing since last week. Um, but now it's fine. So who knows? Um, uh, but I did go to Jersey on Wednesday last week and and came back on Sunday night and had a blast in Jersey. And um, I know you know about a bunch of the things. Obviously, yes, the, the fact that I hung out with you. <laughs> Obviously, yes, you for do sure. know that. Um, and but thanks. You should enlighten the listeners to to your the other goings ons that happened. I will, uh, but I do want to thank you again for your hospitality. Karen was a sweetheart and prepared some food for a, like a a beautiful dish of of snacks with uh, chips and 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 uh, cheese. And salami and pickles and uh, and then stromboli, uh, which was all delicious. So thank her again for me for being so such a, a gracious host. It was oh amazing. absolutely, brother. Anytime. It was really nice. Sukasa, sukasa. And um, to describe your place, it I you know I love New Jersey. I miss New Jersey now that I went back there. And where you live, it's where Tony lives. It's it's more of a sort of a secluded area. It's kind of up in the in the hills. And um, he's got this beautiful house and, and, and this tremendous backyard where he built the deck and he's got a big pool there and then built this whole other deck with with a fireplace and um, uh, ample seating and just out outside nature and uh, and you know, a Bluetooth speaker where we could listen to music. I was still I'm still fascinated by that, the fact that I can listen to music. Uh, on a speaker that's way over there just by pressing buttons on my phone. Yeah, outside <laughs> in, in nature. In nature. Or not have the speaker. There was times we said, you know what, let's not have any music. Let's just chill. Yes. So uh, musical around us with all of the noise of the bars. Yes, the music of nature. Nature makes music by itself. We don't have to intervene at all. It's there. It's it's a it's a uh, it's a living thing too. Music is a part of, of the natural world which is pretty cool, man, that we get to tap into that and make music, too. Um, Chunk said he's coming over, Tony, so. <laughs> okay, come on down, Chunk. So we, shall we, come. we can have uh, Chunk's going to be here in December, I think. He said he was going to be here in December. I don't know if he's still playing on it, but I hope so, and I hope I'm jamming at that point so he can get up and jam with, with me. And even yeah, if you... even if I'm not, I'm just going to, we'll go, Chunk, we'll go, uh, Storm somebody's band and get on stage and play a song, or two, or three, because I know I got a lot of friends in New Orleans. I know people. Um, so, you connected. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the rest of my trip. Oh uh, boy. Um. Uh, one of the primary reasons I went at, then at that on that date was there was a memorial concert, a tribute concert for Neil Casal. I talked about this. He's my friend who passed away about a month ago now. Um, I was in a band with him when I was a kid. We were in, in a high school band called Exire, based out of Rockaway, New Jersey. And we did very well for ourselves. We we, we did a, a record, and actually we put it out on cassette, only cassette. And um, we played a lot of great gigs. We opened for the headliners that were coming through in the day. It was 1987. So we opened for TNT, we opened for Man of War, we opened for Skid Row before Sebastian was in the band. And we had an opening slot scheduled for to play with Guns N' Roses too. Um and that was uh the Guns that was just when Appetite for Destruction came out and when it they just started to hit 
uh, Welcome to the Jungle was the only thing out on MTV, and they were just starting to break, and uh, they canceled the day of the show and saying Axel had a sore throat and blah, 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 whatever. Um, but we ended up playing the show, and then we went to see them the next night, Neil and I, just me and Neil, uh, went to see Guns N' Roses in New York City at the Ritz, the old Ritz, and oh, yeah. uh, and they were freaking amazing, just amazing. I mean, everything you would imagine Guns N' Roses was in 1987, they were. Uh, um, but, but especially at that time in the moment, because they were, you know, it, it, they were just blossoming, you know, and and they had all the the energy and 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 just like I said, to capture that live, it was so fresh. Yeah. Uh, it was incredible. Neil and I were both big fans. Um, so I went to this tribute show, and I really, really didn't know what to expect. I, I, I the, the uh, they were selling it as you know this uh, this big thing, and, and they listed a ton of artists that were going to play, uh, including Chris Robinson's Brotherhood, which is uh, the one of the last bands that Neil was playing with, and Chris Robinson, of course, from the Black Crows, and they did a bunch of records together, and. Um, I didn't really know anything about the venue or anything about how it was going to be run or, or I, I didn't know anything. I just knew that the guy who was, who put the whole thing together, his name's Gary Waldman was, he was Neil's best friend and manager for the last 30 some odd years. And I knew he was putting it together and I knew he wanted me to be there. So that was one of the reasons I said, okay, I, I was already planning the trip to Jersey. So I figured I'll just bump it up and come here for the show and then I can do other things. Uh, while I'm up there. But the show was in New York at the Capitol Theater. I'd never been there either. And um, got there and met up with the um, the other two guys from Exire. They both came, and it was great, great, great seeing them. And then... Sure. I mean, 87, right? 87, yeah, 32 years. Right, so 32 years ago, you know, you played in a band with those guys. Original music. Original, all original. We, we did a... I think we did one cover. We did a... We did Bad Company, uh, uh, Live for the Music by Bad Company. That was the one cover we did. Right, and then to see those guys 32 years later, because you never played with them again, right, after that? I never played with them again. I did see the two of them together again with Neil, the four of us, in 2005. Neil was playing at Starland Ballroom with Ryan Adams and the Cardinals. And uh, he was also doing the opening set by himself. Um, So all of us went. And met up, and we took pictures, and and had a good old time. That was uh, that was the last time the four of us got together. But we hadn't played yet since '87 together. But Mike, the guitar, the other, the rhythm guitar player, I had seen a couple other times over the course of the last few decades. But um, but yeah, seeing those guys there at this tribute show was amazing. And then they they started it with um, <clears throat> one of Neil's wishes was to have them play Exile on Main Street by the Rolling Stones in its entirety and so they did and they were projecting pictures uh, that Neil took. Neil was a really accomplished photographer too and they were projecting them on the ceiling and all over these screens and stuff. It was really fantastic. The, the, The vibe in that room dude, when I went in there you just felt it right away. It was just so joyful and so full of love and, and uh, it was it was unmistakable when you walked in. Um so Gary hosted the show. They did they did like a prayer, and then it's some uh, a girl sang a cappella. It was really beautiful. And then Gary came out and said, "Yeah, I'm Gary Waldman. I've been friends with Neil for 30 years. Hosted uh, um, he hosted he emceed the whole night. And the way it, he 
handled it. He put it, this show together so brilliantly, so with so much care and so much love, and um, it couldn't have been done better than that. And I, I, I'd be hard pressed to to think of a tribute show that has been done better than this. But what he did was he basically told the story of Neil through his eyes, you know, th- and through his experience from knowing him. And uh, <coughs> I really kind of wanted to play this audio, so so let me bring it up and see if I can. Um, uh, yeah, so he, he started at the beginning and talking about how he met Neil and, uh, you know, in 1987 is when he met him. And that was when Neil and I were playing in Exile. Right. And what happened was uh, we, uh, we, we did the record, and this guy, Gary, I knew him because he worked at this record store called Alec Records, which was in Cedar Knolls, kind of on the line of Cedar Knolls in Morristown, New Jersey. And when I was a kid, before I was even playing an instrument, I used to go there. I used to hang out. And I didn't live there, but I used to hang out with a friend of mine there, a couple friends, and play baseball and listen to records and, and stuff like that. And um, we used to go to this record store, Alec Records, because they had this this um, this metal section in there. And it, this was LPs at the time. There were you know you weren't even really buying cassettes. Uh, forget about CDs. Um, so I'm talking like 85, you know, 84, 85. Um, and this guy, Gary, worked at that record store and also a man named Eddie Trunk, who you, you might know as a uh, hosted a VH1 show and has been a, a successful DJ, is currently on uh, Sirius XM. Um, and he worked there as well. And he was just kind of a kid, too. He was, you know, a few years older than me. But they used to, they were into metal and they used to give me suggestions all the time of of the new metal record out, you know. So I got a good, I had a good rapport with Gary. Um, and when we did the record, when it was done, I went in and I, um, I brought it to him, trying in an effort to try to sell it, you know, through the store. So this was, I'm going to play the audio of it. This was the, uh, the tribute at the beginning where Gary talked about that. And it's, it's about three minutes long, this thing, but it's something that really meant a lot to me. So. Okay. Very cool. My name is Gary Waldman. I'm going to be your MC for tonight. Can you hear it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you some stories about Neil. I'm going to introduce a lot of these people that you may not know of yet. Uh, the girl you just saw saying is named Dory Freeman. The uh, shaman you just saw is Robbie Robb. You're going to see a lot of people tonight, uh, some that you know of, some that you don't know. They all have a deep musical connection to Neil, and that's why we invited them here. I first met Neil in 1987. Um, I was working at a record store in Morristown, New Jersey. Uh, Jersey. People give Jersey a bad rap, but I'll tell you this, Neil and I love New Jersey. Um, <laughs> anyway, Neil grew up grew up a couple towns over from where I worked at a record store. And then uh 
When you're craving Church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. 1987, this long-haired guy came into the record store. It wasn't Neil. It was a guy named Steve Witchell. And uh, Steve was the bass player in Neil's high school band. They were called Exire. Where is that picture of uh, Exire? Because they had high hair, and Neil did have a hair metal past. He might want, not want you to know about it, but there he is. It's showing our picture with Aquadet all over. That's Dave and Neil and Mike and Steve. And Steve came in with that tape, and I listened to it, and I was like, it's actually pretty good. It wasn't really poison or anything like that. There was more of like a gritty kind of thing to it. So he invited us to uh, come see the band play. And I went out there and I saw the band play in Dover, New Jersey at the show place. Now a strip club. Um, anyway, I saw Neil sing and I was like, oh, this guy's actually good. He doesn't sound like he's in warrant. Uh, no offense. Rest in peace. Sorry. Um, and uh, Neil and I became friends after that. And uh, I'd like you to give a big hand to his bandmates. Those guys, Exire, they are here tonight. If you, uh, maybe someday when you're at a uh, thrift store and there's some cassettes, you might see Exire. Please get it. That would be the rarest Neil Cassell music there is. So there you have it. Um, That was um, completely unexpected and... Just a tremendous thing for me, for him to to do that, to say my name, and um, and give props to the band because uh, we were all there, and people, you know, people are turning around looking at us like that's you guys, and and you know, giving us high fives, and and it was just a, an amazing feeling, you know, something that happened thirty two freaking years ago, just came back and you know gave me a hug. <laughs> Yeah, but think about that. So, so, so Neil's whole musical legacy, right? He's been, you know, uh, celebrated and and played with you know so many great artists, and his legacy begins back with that story, you know, and that's the beginning of the story. Yep. So that, that's you know, it, it's it's very you know respectful to Neil and, and also to Exar and to you guys, you know, for him to bring that up at the beginning of that whole memorial because it really is, you know, it, it it establishes where, you know, Neil came from, where his roots were, you know, and who he grew from as a musician after that and who he became, you know, which was someone different than the hairband guy, but he was still, you know, Neil and he still had that, you know, from the very beginning, he still had the same passion for music that he had right to the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's amazing to me just looking back that this one really really one thing that i did kicked off in this incredible journey for the two of them right um, and i mean it was you know you don't think about things like that at no, the you're time trying to get your band you know trying to, sell, trying to get your cassettes sold yeah that's, you know, that's it from the business that's it you know he was the one person or him and eddie 
I knew a Gary better than Eddie. Like I talked to Gary more than Eddie, um, but I, I did talk to Eddie at the time too. Um, but he was the only person at that time that I knew that worked in a record store. So somebody that I knew by name. So, right. And I, I'm sure when we were doing the record, uh, I was saying to the guys, yeah, I, I can bring it to the, I know this guy in Alec records. I can bring it. We can sell it there. Blah, blah, blah. This is before the internet, before any of that shit, before, you know, like you had to sell it at your shows or just, well, walk- dude, props to you because I can remember I made, we made me. And when I was in eye of the storm, we want to sell our disc. Right. And it just came out and we needed a way to market it. So I, we made this box that held five discs in it and had a back on it, had the picture of the band, had, had the album cover, had reviews from like stepping out magazine and Aquarian magazine, you know, at the time with, with the stuff on it. And it was like a whole display box. And I remember going into record stores, like cold, place like went to the like the back and look in the phone book find the record stores that you know are around there was like one in hoboken there was one in morristown i think it was scotty's records there was you know there was like we had about five or six places and alec records might have been one of them back up and that was about that time but good bad or indifferent we would go in and i'd say you know we want to sell our thing here and the guy be like no sorry like we don't do that and then i would show him the display thing that we made and i'd be like dude like listen you sell them for like 10 bucks each you give us eight you keep like two bucks for yourself or something and you know and here's the display and they were like wow put a lot of time into that yeah you can put it up here you can put it on the counter and like all five places put it right on the counter by the cash register nice and we probably ended up selling you know not a lot but at that time maybe like 50 discs you know wow through there, those that's a stores. lot though yeah, I know, but you think like you know, it's a, it's a lot. It is, discs, but it's so. a lot considering that you're not getting airplay. You're not. You're just sitting, correct. You know, correct. Pro- well, we were trying to push it to like you know SOU and you know the college radio stations. You know, you're 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 totally trying to sell yourself. So I get it, and you're selling it to shows, and your your friends are trying to sell it for you, and you give them a commission if they sell more. And you know, you like we had thousand CDs. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of CDs to sell. So fifty seemed pretty good. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Um. Yeah, you know, and I did invite him to a show, and it's it's fortunate that we were playing live, too, you know, so I did, like, invite him, come see us, you know, I, I was probably a pretty good salesman, because I, I've always been a pretty good salesman, so I was probably a pretty good salesman with it, you know, hey, check it out, listen to it, and, you know, come see us play at the show plays Friday night, whatever, um, and not only did he listen to it, I remember going into the store where they were playing it, they were playing it over the, you know, the, the, the sound system in, in the yeah. store. So they were trying to really generate interest. And, and I know we sold some from there, but I don't remember how many at all. But you got to remember, too, the reason we sold 50 also is because when people, your friends would say, I want to buy a disc, we would say, oh, go to go to this right. record store. Right, right. Go there and buy it, you know? Yeah. Because it'll help support us. And while you're there, talk to the guy and look around, maybe buy something else and, you know, try, you know, these places are cool. So, yeah. you know, I would say seriously, out of the 50, like probably. 30 of them were people that we sent to the store, you right. know? Yeah, that's the other cool. 15 to 20 was people that just happened to buy it because they're like, oh, it had a cool cover, or they would ask the guy, and we gave him a whole description, you know, right. on the thing of what this was, right. what it sounded like, who it sounded like, what it was all about. Right. Um, Excuse me, but yeah, it was cool. I miss record stores, dude. I really yeah, do. I just, it was so much fun just walking around a record store and flipping through stuff and... I, I, wor- I mean, I worked in a record store. I managed a record store for seven years. I, I Sam Goody, I was a store manager for most of that time, and I, I really enjoyed that job because it was just listening to music all day. 
Yeah, but like you right. said, the guy who is at the record store knows the new music because he's yeah, going to sure. be selling. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so I would do it too as a worker there too. I would do the same thing. I would try to help out bands. And it, Sam Goody was corporate, so it was kind of hard to do the local thing, sell them on, a, on the counter. But there was a process where people could go through and do it, and they would get, uh, you know, Sam Goody would take a, a cut and whatever. Um, but I liked being on that end. Um, yeah, but you know what? You're right because now that you say that, I remember, like, remember CD World? Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and also Sam Goody. Tower. We used to sell our, our CDs there too. They would come and they'd say, give me 10. I'll put them in the rack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you know we they but whatever it was they we'll, we'll give you like you know fifteen percent of of whatever we sell it for yeah 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 we but did it because you sure. say yeah you can go to Sam Goody and buy our disc right people were like really and then they go and be like holy shit dude you got and I remember back in the day I remember my friend taking a picture with like a Polaroid camera or something you know of like the disc rack you know with all the bands in it right and in the ease was the the eye of the storm right which which is really cool you know. Nice. Um, Mixed in um, with like Eurythmics and ELO right. and, you know, all these other E's the bands. That... The Eagles, like, look, we're in the same Eagles. letter as the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> Very um, cool. Yeah, awesome. So, you know. The, the... But back to your, your trip. So, Neil. Yeah, well, they... well so, I mean, but the takeaway from this whole, that thing that I did, just giving him this cassette and, you know, establishing a rapport with him, giving him the cassette, inviting him to the show. He meets Neil. He becomes Neil's manager, and that takes off. At at the time, you know, we pr probably did pretty well selling the, the the cassette. But knowing me, I was probably disappointed. Like, ah, oh, I wish we sold a ton more. And then the band broke up. And then Neil and Gary, you know, Neil and Gary became friends more than Gary and I were friends. And I I, I kind of felt envious of that at the time. It's like, you know, he was my friend. <laughs> now he's your friend. And and then, right. you know, the band broke up, and then I wasn't really hanging out with Neil anymore. We did do some jamming after the band broke up, and we tried to to put a band together that it didn't work out. Um, but, you know, I, I considered it, like, I was still working at Sam Goody when Neil's first record came out. And, um, you know, I was proud of him, and I, and I pumped it up in the store, and I played it on the thing, and I, I really loved the record. But I did have that, feeling of jealousy and envy like oh man he made it and i'm still here you know working in a record store um but now 32 years later this little thing that i did that i had no idea was going to have such an impact you know came kind of full circle for me and it's just it just goes to show that you you just never know and you just try to do your best all the time and be you know do things with integrity and with care and with love and respect and with honesty. And um, you never know. You just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, when you or help when. others, you know, with, without taking any credit for it, you know, it just happens that way. Uh, you know, you get repaid tenfold later down the road. Yeah, crazy, crazy cool. Um, so that was the beginning of my trip. And everything, every single thing on this trip, Tony, went smoothly. Every single thing from the, you know, I, I had... The plane tickets. I had to uh, rent a car. I had to, I had a hotel. I had everything in place beforehand, but there were no delays in anything. You know, everybody was friendly. Like both the plane trip there and back were so easy and smooth, and getting the car was easy and smooth. And it, everything everything went great. And every day I did something different, hung out with different people that I wanted to see. 
um, at, like Thursday, I went to this open mic thing. It would, they call it uh, rock and roll karaoke, and they just have a three-piece band there, drummer, bass, and guitar. And they have a, another mic for vocals, and people can come up, you know, just like karaoke, can sign up and come up and play with a live band. And, sure. And two of the guys in that, that band, friends of mine, one especially, uh, this guy, Rich Pascola, who is a guitar player and amazing guitar player. And um, he's somebody I've known since the Exire days, since I met, and I met him at a gig where we played at uh, a high school. I think it was Rockaway High School. Uh, or it was one of those high schools around there. And it was just a show we played in the gym, and it was his band and then Exire. And I remember that show pretty pretty well. And I met Richie there. And it's amazing that I have stayed in touch with him for 32 years with no, for the most, most of that time, there was no Facebook, there was no internet. But I've still always kind of seen him around or he's seen me around. He would come to see my band. Uh, cover band I was in and I would go to see his bands um, and uh, so it was really 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 cool to see him and to just hang out with him and then three of the four other guys in a band I was in called Bad Habit which later became Mad Rabbit um, they came out and the other guy couldn't come because he's got uh, his mom sick and he had some stuff going on with that um, but the other three guys came out and we got up and jammed a bunch of songs I played most of the songs that night <laughs> even though it, there was another bass player that was there and he got up and played it some but the bass player that was part of the hosting band played like three songs maybe four songs the whole night and i had an absolute that's very gracious of him yeah well he was like he was happy about it he was just and he was taking pictures of me playing his bass you know and he actually posted it on facebook like here's steve <laughs> steve rocking my bass um and you know, I, he's somebody I've known. Bill Costello. He's somebody I've known for a long time. He used to play at uh, Fireside. Fireside. Yeah. Um, and, I played in with Bill too. Oh yeah, yeah. You were telling me that. Yeah. Um, so he was he was very gracious about it. He was happy that I was there. He was just happy about the whole thing. And again, the vibe in the room just so great. So just a, such a good feeling. It was so great to see the other guys uh, and to get up and jam a few songs with them like we never skipped a beat type of thing man it was a really good feeling it just made me i was so i was so swimming in gratitude dude when i was playing that that bass up there with those guys and and really enjoying what i have accomplished over the last nine years in new orleans and because it's different you know i'm a different player than i was the last time i played with those guys um sure i'd like to think i'm a better player um, and I felt that way, you know, and I felt very comfortable uh, with all of it. And uh, just a, 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 an amazing, wonderful time and experience. And, and, and while we're still around, man, just great to, to go back and enjoy things like that, you know, that you think are never, never going to happen again necessarily. And you have to kind of take the initiative, but you can make it happen. And I'm and so glad about to that. It's probably a thousand gigs you played since you played with them. You yes, know? yes, so absolutely. You'd be a thousand gigs better, you know, than you were, for sure. Yeah. And different, too, because stylistically, right, it's different down, down south than it is up here. You know, tempos, feels. You know, you know I talked about that. Yeah. Um, 
and also just the frequency and the amount of time that you're playing and the way that the, you're playing and the people you're playing with, you know. And then you also know you play with these guys who are, you know, equal caliber musicians, and it, it's it just feels great. You know, it's like universal language. You, you everyone speaks it. You know, yeah. you just have to get into the conversation. Yeah, and everybody has their own personality too, and it and it's. And energy, yeah. And it's something that, you, that, especially with drummers, for me as a bass player, it's something that's a very special relationship and and something that you can just kind of step back into. Because like playing with Joey Batista, he was the drummer uh, that was there that night, and he's he was the drummer in the band. And um, I know how Joey plays. I know how Joey feels. It's no different than it was, you know, nine, uh, however long it's been since I played with those guys, 10 years, 11, 12, I, I don't know. Um, and it, it's just, um, it's a unique, it's a personality, you know, everybody has a personality with the way they play. And that's something that you, you, you recognize again, you know, immediately like, oh yeah, that's, that's the Joey B personality of playing drums. If I played with you, it'd be like the Tony B personality of playing. Like I, I, I would remember it right away. Cause it's a feeling, you know, it's not something you think about. It's, right. you know, it's, it's a feeling that comes with music that is, that is, it's, it's indescribable, really. It's, it's a relationship that, that is like no other, especially with a rhythm section. Um, so yeah, um, even though I, I, I feel like I've advanced to a certain degree, um, I just felt like, you know, it's slipping right back into that, that thing that he does. And Matt, the singer, uh, was, was great. And, uh, and Steve Rosen uh, playing guitar, and then Richie, I jammed with Richie a bit too, and Vinny um, from uh, Lurker Park came up and sang his ass off. Um, yeah, good times, man. Very cool. And that was my second night in Jersey. <laughs> right, so you're two for two. two. Two days in, two tremendously excellent experiences. Yes, and prior to that too, I, I went and had a, a drink with my friend Adam, who's a photographer and musician. Really super cool dude, full of love. And had a great time with that, too. And then Friday, one time I hang out with you, which we talked yep. about. Yeah. Um, did a Facebook Live, did a little bit, little blurb. Yeah. Uh, well, by the fire, had some cocktails and some wine. Yes, and some delicious snacks. Yeah, it was good. It was good, good to catch up. Good times. Good times. Not that we don't talk every week already, but. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't seen you in you know, probably two years, right? Three years. Oh, longer than that. Well, when I came down and played. Oh, all right. That's right. What, how no, long that ago was, was that? I think it was three, oh, it was coming up on three years, December. Oh, really? Wow. Ish. Yeah. Wow. Right. Imagine that. How fast did that go? A lot happens in three years, man. Jeez. Yeah. It's freaking crazy, right? Wow. Um, and then Saturday, I went and hung out with my buddy, Funny Steve, who is called Funny Steve because he owns a comic book store called Funny Books. And he's a very, very good friend of mine and somebody I've known for a long ass time. Has and, he always been funny, Steve? Yeah. Well, ever since he opened Funny Books, and that's been... But, I mean, it's interesting, because, not to, to digress, but, like, I used to have a friend, Fisherman Bob, you know? I used to have another guy, Motorcycle Bob. Right. So, continue. Just wanted to add that. <laughs> okay. So, we went to uh, the Jersey Shore on Saturday uh, afternoon. We went to uh, Island Beach State Park. Went in the water. I did some boogie boarding, which I've never done in my life until... How was the beach crowded? It was not crowded, but there was a good amount of people there. It was appropriate for time of year and the the temperature of the day. It was it was a nice. It was a beautiful day. It was in the eighties. Yeah, it was. It was nice. And and uh, we had a couple of drinks and and we did some boogie boarding in the Atlantic Ocean and uh, 
and then we went to Seaside and had some food. We had some boardwalk pizza, which is the best pizza in the world. No, oh yeah, Seaside boardwalk pizza, you cannot beat that. And then we had jumbo jumbo slice. Yeah, oh, that's the best. I can still taste it. And and we had a a big sausage and pepper sandwich. We went on the bumper cars, which was fun. Um, it was worth the five dollars. And uh, worth the price of admission. Yes. And then Sunday, I went to the Giants game at the Meadowlands with Funny Steve and a bunch of other people, and had a blast there too. And the Giants won. And uh, it was first time uh, seeing this new quarterback, Daniel Jones. And uh, first time in that state. The last time I was in that, it's a brand new stadium. It's called MetLife Stadium in at the Meadowlands, and it, it's brand new. But I was there when it was when it first first opened. Right before I brandy, moved, brandy new. yeah. Right before I moved, I went to see Bon Jovi at that stadium, and uh, that, but that's that saved that. almost ten years old. Yeah, yeah. I, it was open right before I moved, and I, I mean, literally days before I moved to New Orleans, I went there, um, and uh, good times. So, um, so that was it. That was my trip. Made it back Sunday, and uh, back in the Cover Band Central mindset of everything. Um, but uh, I'm happy. I miss Jersey, and I was so happy to be there, and I feel like I want to come back again soon. <laughs> As you should. Yeah, maybe around Christmas. Uh, it's a great time of year, too, to come. Like we talked about, fall is always, you know, especially up here or up in the mountains, you know, the trees are already changing. Yeah. It's very, you know, you get a good fall vibe. There's leaves on the ground already, you know? Yeah, it's beautiful. So if you're still with us, stick it around. We will be announcing the winner of the Kyle Shutt signature guitar from Reverend. Um, shortly before the show is over, it is the wisdom hour, so we're going to do it close to the end of the hour. Um, but the wisdom hour, but I have some stuff that I want to talk about, some new stuff, and bounce off of you and see what your thoughts are. Cool. First one, I was in, uh, it was, uh, it's over a week now. What is today? Tuesday? It's about nine days ago ish. Um, I saw a post on Facebook from this guy I know I'm friends with. He's a drummer. Um, saying, I'm looking to put together a band. I need bass, guitar, keyboards, female vocal, male vocal, something like that. So it, he And he's a drummer. So I guess he would be the drummer in the band. He knows who I am. Uh, I've met him in person a couple times. I don't know him well. Um, but I know he's well-liked by a lot of people that I know. And um, I sent him a message. He, he said, you know, private message me with your, you know, your links and blah, blah, blah. So I sent him a message and I just said, hey, dude, um, uh, I saw you're looking for this. Um, I, I definitely would like some work. I'm available to work. Uh, let me know, you know, what is this gig about? Let me know. And, you know, short and sweet. Um and sent him that message, and I have not heard anything back in nine days. Nothing. And you, and on Facebook, when you send a message on Messenger, you can tell when somebody's opened it. Their little their uh, avatar appears. So, and you you assume when somebody opened it that they actually read it. Um, but haven't heard back at all, and that bothers me. Hmm. <laughs> It bothers me because if you're going to fucking say publicly that you're looking to put together a band and somebody responds to you, then you better answer 
you have to answer. Why did you put the post out in the first place if you weren't going to respond when somebody responded to your request? What is the problem here? And, okay, I could jump to taking it personally. Oh, maybe he doesn't like me. Maybe he doesn't think I'm the right guy for the job. Fine. I'm okay with that. Respond at least. And just say, hey, uh, thanks for responding about this, but, you know, I'm trying to go in another direction. But if you know anybody else that's interested in this thing, let me know. You know, something along those lines. But say something. Don't just ignore it. It pisses me off, man. Yeah, well, lesson learned. That's, you know, that's part of, of etiquette, right, in any type of atmosphere, you know, or situation that you're in. But it's a lot more difficult sometimes, you know, in the music world, you know, when you're dealing with musicians, just because of the type of people that we are, you know, we're we're artistic and creative. And, you know, sometimes people are non-confrontational. They don't want to, you know, so they would just rather avoid responding than to what do what you just said. Then you, you can't know? be but, a band leader. You can't be a band leader if, if you're going to do things like that. Because as a band leader, you have to make tough decisions sometimes. You have to fire people. You have to hire people. You have to tell people to stop drinking so much. You have to, you have to be the disciplinarian. You have to be a communicator. You have to. You can't be a band leader if you can't communicate and if you can't say the hard stuff. Or, or, and you, you can't deal with the, the issues that come up. It's just like managing a business. It's the same thing. I manage businesses for most of my adult life in real jobs other than playing music. That's what I did. And I had to manage people. And I know that it's, it's primary to, to be able to have people skills and to be able to communicate if you're going to run a business. Running a band is no different. And I've run bands before. And the, the biggest thing that you have to deal with when you're a manager of something is your and I say this all the time when I worked in retail as manager. You, your biggest job is to solve problems. Every day a problem comes up and you have to solve it. You have to deal with it. You have to know how to tactfully and quickly respond to whatever the situation is and resolve it. You have to do that. And in a band, it comes up all the freaking time. It comes up daily in a band. If you're playing three nights a week or five nights a week or whatever, it comes up all the freaking time. So you have to communicate. You have to say the hard stuff. You cannot avoid that, something like that, especially in the circles that we work in where it's a tight-knit musical community. Like, like this dude, like I said, I don't really know him well. I know he's a good player, and I know there's but a lot you of know people. anybody that does know him well? Yeah, I know people that know him, um, you know, that that have a lot of respect for him, and and that's cool. You know, I don't want to jump to any sort of any sort. No, of no, I mean, but maybe there's something else. You know, maybe there's other reasoning behind what's going on. Maybe you can get some intel from somebody else. Who has some I, I, exactly what I'm doing because uh, my my buddy Glenn plays with him now at the Swamp, um, right? And they play, he plays with them on uh, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, or. Like the band, the new band at the Swamp is a clusterfuck, man. They, they, they're just, it's not the same players any night of the week. And they're not doing any better than we were doing. They're doing worse, if anything. But, so, but how does that work then if it's always a mishmash of, of different it people? It doesn't is work. There, right. Is there any consistency? Is there, is there any bands in that, that play in, you know, on Bourbon Street that are yes. the same people all the time? Yes. Okay. So this guy, but you said most Glenn of the bands aren't like hang that. On. So if Glenn plays with this guy at the swamp on those I, couple of nights, yeah, yeah. I just well, he was a, this guy was away last week. He wasn't there because I talked to Glenn about this last week, and he wasn't there. But he's 
Glenn is, I just talked to Glenn a little while ago before we went on uh, on air, and uh, he said if he sees him tonight, he'll try to find out. So that's. But it. is this guy? Is this drummer you're referring to now? Is he now the band leader for the band that's going to be at the Swamp? No. Well, I don't believe that that's what. Like, how did he end up at the Swamp playing with Glenn? Um, Dubbing? The, no, the 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 guy that took over after we left. Um, when you it, say guy that took over, you mean the, a different band? Yeah, well, the band leader that took over for, for right. when, when we left, left had to put together a band. He's a bass player, and that's the drummer he's, he picked for the Swamp. But he's not there every night either. They, they, they don't have the same singer every night, guitar player every night, anything. They don't have the same anything every night. So, But... Okay, so is that drummer trying to put together? I a don't band know. I don't to... know. I don't know anything other than the Facebook right, post I saw. No, just thinking. Listen, maybe he's trying to put together a band to take over the band that's failing at the swamp. No, it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday gig. So it's a, it'll be at a different venue. Yeah, the swamp is Sunday through Thursday. It's not. They don't do okay. bands on Friday and Saturday. So it's, I got. It. So I, but I don't know where it is or or who else it's with or or, or anything. Um, I just know what I know going by the Facebook post that he put up because he didn't freaking respond to me. That's why I don't know anything else. Like, just, resp I mean, I, it it pisses me off, dude. It really, it's, like, you have no right to complain about any other thing that's not going right with your band uh, situation yeah. if you don't, if you can't freaking communicate with people. You have to. You absolutely have to. You can't ignore people, especially me. Like, I don't want to get all what kind of confidence ego. do you have in his leadership skills if if he's if he's not a good communicator? Yeah, right no, out of the gate, right. No and if he's, we're not just starting off with the simple, you know, step one, common yeah. courtesy, right? Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't want to get all fucking ego trip about it, but especially me, he knows I run Cover Band Central. Come on, man, like I know this shit. You know, you. you... <sighs> Maybe he's looking for something else. All right, I'm just gonna breathe, and that's fine. But point it's, taken, it he, is he fine. Should, I don't. Should, I'm not gonna. You know. Yeah, I'm not gonna be insulted by anything uh, if he says, you know, you're not. You know that though. Like you said, thanks, dude. Uh, I'm going a different direction, or I already got somebody, or whatever. Yeah, I uh, I'll let you know if things change. Yeah, I wouldn't be insulted if, if anything. Just, just have the respect to respond to me. Even if it's just like, hey, man, I'm so busy now. I'll get back to you later. Fine. Good. At least you said something. At least you acknowledged the fact that I wrote you. It's just, it's. Yes, exactly. It's like you, that's a, you're shooting yourself in the foot before you've even gotten started with this band. You can't be a band leader if you can't communicate, period. Communicate well, too. Like know how to talk to people. Yes, you got to get some intel on. on know how to talk on. to people and, and be business like. Don't be personal about anything. When you're when you're working in a business, if you're playing in a band and you're making money, it's a business. And if you're running that business, you need to be respectful of the people that are working for that business with you. You you need to because you can't do your job without the other people that that are part of that. It's a machine. It's a team, and you have to treat it like you treat it like. You're the coach of a football team or manager of a baseball team. We're all in this, in this together, and we can't do it without – if one of the parts is missing, we can't accomplish exactly what we need to accomplish. You need to – all that stuff, just it's it, – being a band leader is not for everybody, man. It's You have to have the people skills to do it. But when you say band leader too, are you referring to like down New Orleans, let's say you're the band leader, right? Yeah. So you go out, you get the gig? 
you deal with the guy, the the bar owner. It's you, like you know. No. In other words, well, yeah. You're, you're the band leader, but are you just hiring everyone else to play? Like you have different guys. Like you said, let's take a perfect example. The band to swamp right now is different guys almost every night. Right. So there's one guy who's the band leader, but it's not really a band. Right. He's just brokering guys. Like he's you're assembling people that can play together, but it's not a band. Let's not confuse the two. Right. Right. Well, the the yeah, agreed. Uh, but but I mean, the band leader is the term basically down here in New Orleans for for people that are in in charge of the situation and they get paid more they they have more responsibility on their backs so they get paid more than everybody else uh which they're entitled to and that's because they're doing a lot more work um and it's it's a lot of work when i was a band leader for at crazy corner it was just constant again the same thing you're a problem solver you you have to figure out what are we gonna, how am i going to get a singer tonight my singer's sick you know, so I had a bunch of times when, like, a singer would call me an hour before we were supposed to play. I can't make it, man. I'm really sick. And now I got to I gotta scramble and get on the phone while I'm trying to get ready and trying to get there and try to find somebody to sing. And it, it was just it was all the time. It was constant things like that. The drummer can't make it. Um, you know, uh, I'm, whatever. I just... Uh, my mic it's is like a band of gypsies. You're trying to herd a bunch of people together, but you know what I mean. It's just, it's not. There's no consistency there. Yeah. Um. But but the the band leaders on Bourbon Street, those are the guys. Like, you're the one that signs the pay sheet. You're the one that that gets the money and pays everybody out. You you make more money. Um. And you and in my case, running cra- at the show, running the band at Crazy Corner, I was also calling the show. So I was like the musical director. Um. And by choice, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to, sure. I'm responsible for things. I know how to do this. I know how to put together a show. I want, I want to do it. You know, I know it's more work, but I, I'd rather me do it than anybody else. Um, so, um, yeah, <laughs> I know I, I just ranted a lot, didn't I? I started this whole thing about all peace and love. And then I'm just like, ah, this pisses me off. This, thing. this guy didn't get back to me. I just it it just it bothers me, man. Like, come on, come on. It should be common sense. Common sense is not common. No, common sense is uncommon nowadays. But I would say maybe you can get that guy's number and just call him. I have like I I don't I don't think I have his number. No, but I could just again write him on Facebook. It's it's the same thing. No, it's like, a different a different medium of of contact, right? Eh, like you know, what I mean? like email, no, no. telephone, call. It's you know, no, I'm not, not doing that. Person. It's just you know, listen. It, it, it's how hard you want to pursue it. And again, like I said, you just got to move on sometimes. Well, man. yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to pursue it at this point, and I am moving on. Um, I'm just kind of venting about it because, <laughs> somebody else told me he had an issue with communication too. So like, okay, this is a, a persistent trait. This is not something that that just happened on a whim. Dude, and, some people are just like that. Like, you might see the guy, he's like, ah, oh, dude, like, yeah, I totally meant to call you, but something kept coming up, and and he's not bullshitting you, you know? He's that's just that that's really the way it is. He just, you know, just didn't get back to this was not right. together enough to get back to you. Right. And and I'm okay, I'm okay with that. Just say something. I mean, it's been like nine days. Like at this point, it's like, no, f you, man. I don't I don't want any part of that. And it, like, you clearly do not know what you're doing. If I'm running a band. Like, if I'm the band leader, I know what I'm doing. I do. And I'm not going to work for somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. I'm just not. 
Um, but I have an opportunity that came up up uh, yesterday that I have to kind of keep on the down low. So I can't say what exi- it is or who it's with. But mm-hmm. I was asked to join a new band. And um, the person that asked me is somebody I highly respect and would love to work with. And uh, and they uh, they found out very recently within the last couple of days, like, no, you're putting together a band. So this person called me first and said, I, you, you, I, I want you. I need you in this band. And I was flattered, and, and I said, yes, okay. Uh, and I said, I would like to be the musical director of the band. I, I don't want any more money for it, but you know I'll do a good job with this. And that person agreed, said, yes, of course. So I'm kind of looking at this potential opportunity as something that really that I really will be excited about because I can put my money where my mouth is about about how to run a band and not be not have the responsibility of being the band leader. This other person is going to take care of the things that the problems that come up, but I'm going to get to um, to run the show. And that's really what I like doing. And that's what I'm really good at. Um, So. Hey, I got a quick question for you. How much more money does the band leader get paid, percentage-wise? Percentage-wise is... Like, is it twice what everybody gets paid? No, 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 no. Um, No, it's minimal. I mean, it's... Let me figure out... trying to do this math in my head. It's it's about 15% more. It's in the ballpark of 15%. Um, So if everyone's making $100, they're making $115. Yeah, about that. It's, it's, yeah. it's five. I mean, I'll tell you exactly. It's $5 more a set. Um, so, you know, if we do four sets, they make an extra $20 more than we do. Right. Understood. Yeah. Um, and it, it, maybe not, I mean, it's appropriate for, for considering how they pay down here. It's the appropriate amount. Um, Maybe hey, another question: The is this new potential situation, your new musical director gig? Yeah, is that band a band? Not yet. No, but when it is, it'll be the same people all the time. I hope so. That's that's the goal. Yeah. Gotcha. That's the cool. Because the person that asked me, we we have a, a very good rapport, a, a work rapport and friendship rapport, um, uh-huh. and uh, I know. I know that that's an important aspect of being successful anywhere, um, but especially on Bourbon Street where most of the bands, most of the bands do not have the same players every night. Um, there's a couple bands that do, but even those bands still every once in a while have a sub for some reason. Sure. Well, here's the other thing too. Don't forget this other situation sought you out, called you and said, I got to have you. Yes. You know, so not only flattering, but also probably very effective and smart decision on that person's behalf. You know, I agree. I I think anybody's smart to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but of course, why of would course. they not? I, you know what I mean. Yes. So sure, the, the person that is putting the band together is already thinking in their mind of how they're going to gel the players. You know. Yes. And, and how they're going. You know, and and uh, you know, has probably played with multiple players that they're you know approaching. Yes. Um, That's excellent, man. So I'm excited to hear more about that. I am too, and I will update everybody, you and everybody next week, um, because I kind of feel like I'm going to know more by next week. But anyway, let's get to the grand finale here. 
We I was going to say, you know what I'm really excited about, Steve? Yeah. Find out who the grand prize winner is, Yeah, right? we're going to draw the winners now of the uh, Kyle Shutt Signature Series Reverend Guitar. Um, but first, oh, yeah. we're going to do the pickups. And I forget what the pickups are exactly called. And Chunk, if you could tell me. Um, I know there's a delay, so it's going to take a second for him to get back to me. But tell me exactly what the how I describe these pickups because um, I know there's a specific name for them. But they're brand new pickups for an electric guitar, and any guitar player loves to tinker with their stuff and put in uh, new things and stuff. Most people do. Any, anyway, most guitar players I know. So if you get a set of brand new pickups, you can put it in your guitar and try it, or you can get a new guitar. And Chunk said, let me get that. So i got to wait for a second for him to get that um, before I do this drawing. But... Um, this has been a very exciting contest. I'm very happy to have been uh, associated with Reverend Guitars. They're really great guys. Um, Ken Haas, CEO, we had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago. And if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that. And um, and just check out their page. Check out their gear. they got a, a lot of great stuff. So it's the pickups are the Kyle Shutt Signature Railhammer pickups. Chunk has informed me. So here we go. Do you have a, a drum roll ready for me, buddy? Yes, he does. The winner of the Railhammer pickups is Lou Bandiera from Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. I almost said Can right. Canada. Lou Bandiera, you, good sir, are the winner of the pickups. And... Congratulations on that. And now for the grand finale, the winner. Another drum roll, please. There you are. The winner of the Kyle Shutt Reverend Signature Series electric guitar valued at $1,439, brand new, is Jim DeBonis of Brexville, Ohio. Jim, you are the winner of the guitar. Hopefully you're listening. If not, we will send you an email and let you know that you are the winner. There it is. Wow, that's it. Where's my applause? The proud there? winner, Jim DeBonis. You got the, the applause sound? Yeah. That was me. <laughs> I don't have the applause sound. Uh, congratulations to you guys for, for winning. Thank you, everybody, for entering the contest and for for checking out Reverend Guitars. Make sure you check them out again. Bookmark their page. Like them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. Follow them on Instagram, and uh, and check out their stuff. They they sell stuff all over the country, so probably all over the world too. So check them out. Fun stuff. Congratulations to those winners. Wow, what a lucky winner that is. Yes. Um, nice, nice gift. Yes. All right. So, um, wow, lot lot of stuff this week, man. Good good times. Good times. Busy busy week. Yeah, um, and we're going to have to uh, next week talk about what's going on with you because um, we were just talking all about me this week. And, yeah. And that was very selfish selfish of me, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> no, but it was very, very enlightening. And like I said, I'm glad you had a great trip. And, you know, that was uh, – it, it was good. The whole trip focused around, like you said, Neil's um, event, you know, and that was nice that the, it worked out the way it did. It really was um, really a special time. And, and out there listening, man, don't discount anything you do. Any step you take, 
that is is done with integrity, done with care, done with respect to other people, done with love, is going to come back to you in some way. You don't know when, you don't know how, but it will. So just do things you do out there in your musical world, just do it with care, do it with integrity, do it with respect, do it with love, and it will work. Even though you don't see it, it will work. You know, just be patient and stay the course. And, and, you know, treat yourself and other people with respect at all times. Period. You have to. Um, or else, you're, you know, you're going to crash and burn. It's the simple truth. Um, all right. CoverBandCentral.com. Please go up and sign up for a free profile for you, your band, or both. If you have not already, it is going to be the biggest and the bestest website on the internet Big for musicians honest. seriously man i chonk and i we're banging this out and we, we're going to make this thing just the, the the grandest thing you can imagine for musicians that's the goal um so get there get in there and get a, get your profile set up if you haven't already even if you're not a musician if you're a sound man photographer um uh, booking agent promoter club owner bartender whatever just get in get in there and create a profile and you're going to see how magnificent this thing is going to be. Um, also, you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Central. Join the group, facebook.com slash groups slash Central. we got the VIP group. Listen to the rest of the podcast by the, e- uh, the e-book, Cover Band Riches. And I think that's all I have to promote. Go back and dedicate 70 hours to listen to all the archived podcasts. Yes. The wisdom hour. Yes. 70 hours deep. Um, and we thank you. We, lo- we love you guys. And uh, keep rocking. We'll talk to you next week. It's Rocktober, baby. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.